and you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. D Murph. You a fool for this one. Yeah. Alright, bro. Another dope episode, great episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Just in general, I'm excited to have this person on Why Not Sports Road to 500. We've been in contact for a little over a year now. Um, real dope guy based in the Midwest, Kansas City. To be exact And if I'm wrong You could definitely Chip in And let me know But based on what I've seen And observed (laughs) But Works for Sports Illustrated Emphasis on the Chiefs And the Royals Also is a big When it comes to sports For high school football The prep red zone For Kansas City And I like With his Twitter bio Winning takes care of everything And I say that to say Because obviously I'm winning Because world help me welcome Mr. Jordan Foote To Why Not Sports Man I'm I'm super excited to be here Derek Thanks for uh, having me on I've been, I've been tuning into the show for a while I know that you DM'd me man It was like you said over a year ago or so Right um, And said hey man this is this is what I got going on And um, let's let's connect sometime. I was like, yeah, for sure. And you know, you get stuff like that every once in a while. But then you you get to know the people behind the content. You you check out the content yourself, and then you're like, man, this is this is something I got to do for sure. Man, and thank you for that as well, brother. And another thing I want to make sure that I do not leave out is um, the YouTube page, Roughing the Kicker, that you also. Uh, host. So I want to make sure that I put that out there for those listeners like Murph. You have to give Jordan that dope introduction. Don't leave nothing out. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man, for sure. No problem. No problem. So, man, um, I always like to ask, especially for the first time guests, what, where does your love for sports come from? Man, that since I was a little kid, like my family, obviously I was kind of born into following the chiefs and stuff like that. But, um, as a kid, they weren't very good for a lot of years. The Royals weren't good for a lot of years. And the easiest way I can explain it is like, I, I just was birthed at the hospital and and told the doctor to turn on ESPN. Like it was, (laughs) it was basically that early, um, that I, I kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. And like when I was nine or 10, I, um, knew that I wanted to work in sports, so it's. Um, I basically just got lucky that I, I figured out what I really liked from a, a super young age. Oh, that's man, that's dope, man. Because, um, like you were just saying, like a lot of people, it takes them years or decades before they can say, "Man, um, I'm not sure," or "I'll give it a try." So to hear that you knew, like, yo, this is the direction I want to go, man. That's man, that's great, man. Salute to you. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's it's a great industry. Um, it's tough for sure, and I know that you know about that. It's a lot of grinding and, and long hours and um, sometimes a thankless job, but um, us being up early on a Saturday morning shows that we definitely love what we, what we do. Awesome. And for those listeners out there, you heard Jordan early, okay? But again, <laughs> one thing I will say, and I was talking to another dope friend uh, a previous guest and uh mo murphy maurice murphy and we was talking about it's going to be a new wave of dope sports analysts or sports media coming within the next year or two and he brought up your name and a handful of the guys and i'm like man like to really step up and maybe put some pressure on some of those who've been complacent thinking that no one could come in and bring other content that can maybe help them step their game up. So I'm definitely glad to be a part of the circle now and looking to see what I can do to, like you said, man, just to show that we really love it. And regardless if we, mainstream or not we still have a passion and doors have continued to open up yeah for sure man and mo he's he's one of the more special people in this like he's a really really um down-to-earth guy he works insanely hard and the thing people don't sometimes take into account is i'd say like 90 percent of the young people that are working in sports media and even a great deal of the you know 40 plus year olds Right. They have day jobs too. Like it, it's very, very hard to have that, you know, full uh, time sports reporting, sports writing job. It just it doesn't always pay a lot. The hours are rough, so you oftentimes have to go to work all day or all night, and then you do the sports stuff in your free time. So it really does kind of show the the people that really do care about it and are going to you know break down some doors and, and make waves soon. You just spoke to a listener. Like, wait a minute. Like, people still have day jobs and jobs and still <laughs> report and cover sports? Yes. You heard, George. That is facts. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you to, I'm going to stay with the, um, the sports side as far as, like you said, um, working for Sports Illustrated. Like, Everyone knows about Sports Illustrated. So, do you like pinch yourself? Like, wait a minute, I'm I, I work for SI. Yeah, man, it's it, it's a true blessing for sure. Like, I um, I, I get kind of ticky tacky with the um, the working for them versus doing the whole like working for their sites and all that stuff because it's a you're contractually obligated to, you know, say and do this, that, and the other. But at the root of it, man, you're you're covering the the teams you grew up watching. Like that mm-hmm. is the the most surreal thing, and being able to, you know, make some some side money doing that, and it was enough to live off of if I really had to. But being able to, you know, just not have to worry about money and just worry about the content and not. You know, early on in the the sports media journey, a lot of people, including myself, they'll go and and chase some money with their content. Like they'll do free content for a long time and then say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, try to make a couple bucks off this. Then 
you have to push this certain narrative, you have to get a little clickbaity stuff like that. So to not have to do that at SI and truly worry about the content, I've learned that um, people will, will click on good content and that's going to be worth it for you in the long run. Um, and if, if you don't, if your process is good and the result just doesn't break for you sometimes, that's just bad luck. But um, if you keep that process good and you know you're you have the right inspiration behind you you have the right you know moral compass in the sports media world because that's hard to come by um it, it, it'll definitely be worth it this morning and or this show you are really talking to somebody because like you said outside looking in it looks very easy or it's kind of like oh I'm okay. No, don't take situations for granted. Keep the hard work going. Mm -hmm. Just stay consistent to the process and doors will definitely open up. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's talk about roughing the kicker. The YouTube channel, YouTube page. How did that start? Yeah, man. So I started off with with SI Chiefs Arrowhead Report back when when the pandemic really started, like the end of March 2020. Um, and my buddy Tucker Franklin was the deputy editor over there. He said, you know, I have this um, concept for a daily podcast uh, every weekday and then a YouTube channel where I can put, you know, clips from the podcast, stuff like that. And he really ran with it. Like he he, you know, got everyone loaded up on the plane and everything and then he's moved on to something else i'm basically just taking it off the ground now and gotcha. being able to do the easy part um and build on what he had already there so it's been a ton of fun to you know do the podcast i've cut down to three days a week so the content is is better i think with the quality um so a, a monday wednesday friday podcast and then i cut up the best clips from it and put it on the youtube channel so just trying to you know, have different sources of ways people can listen or watch. And, you know, some people want to read. I'm a read guy. Mm. Um, some people want to watch. I also like watching YouTube videos. Ironically, I don't really listen to a ton of podcasts. Like, I'll listen to my friends' podcasts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll tap in with your show any day of the week. But, like, some of the, you know, national ones, I don't really listen to that often. I don't listen to my own podcast, you know, any of that stuff. So, mm. Um, I think it's there, there's something for everybody out there and in today's like media content diversity driven content type world you almost have to do like video audio um, written content just so you appeal to as many audiences as you can right right now when fans listen to you on Rough and the Kicker what should they expect man I think I try to keep it a hundred no matter what. Like sometimes that's that's another thing about, you know, growing up following the Chiefs and Royals and then being able to cover them is when you're quote unquote being a journalist, you have to, you got to try to be objective as much as you can. But like no journalist is ever 100% like objective. There's always going to be those, you know, biases and fandom oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I try to suppress that as often as I can, which is good. Um, so really, I just try to, you know, have fun with it and and be real with people. Um, there's a lot of, you know, emotionally tied fans that and I really appreciate them. Mm -hmm. um, but 
some people, you know, they overreact when stuff happens. They think the sky's falling or your team will win five games in a row and they think they're unbeatable, stuff like that. Um, you know, nobody in sports is untouchable. Nobody in sports is perfect, just like in life. I mean, everyone right. is always vulnerable. Life will, will humble you very quickly. Um, so really just someone who likes to have fun with it and likes to, I think, you know, just have a conversation. That's what it's all about. That's what me and you are doing. It's just one big, you know, trying to learn something from somebody else, I think. Yes, sir. And I'm definitely going to be learning a few things from you, not from the journalism standpoint, but the fact of Kansas City sports. So we're going to start with the Royals. Right now, I know the, the, the series against the Cardinals hasn't been the best, the most recent one. How do you think they're going to end uh, the season? And what can they do different this offseason to jumpstart or have the momentum going into the uh, season for 2022? Sure. I think that they they had a vision of contending by like 2022, 2023. And I think they're still somewhat um, in line with that. But the Royals are an organization that will never truly say tank. Like, I don't think they said mm. tank one time during the rebuild. They don't like using all those words. So they're a little stubborn, but I guess that's a good thing. They always want to compete. So this year they started off so hot and then quickly the, the wheels fell off the wagon. But um, really getting the young guys up, like they have one of the better farm systems in baseball. Bobby Wood Jr. is a top five prospect. Mm -hmm. um, Nick Prado has been really good. MJ Melendez has been great. So they have guys... The, the 2018 pitcher draft class was great. Like, the Royals have been loading up on talent. I think that the next step for them, which I was hoping they would do this year, but it looks like 2022 is going to be that year, is to get those guys up, get them acquainted to Major League Baseball, get some growing pains out, and then 2023 kind of start growing together as a team. Nice, nice, because the most recent, which is still not bad at all, the 2015 team, was when they won a World yep. uh, Series. Yeah, it was. That was a crazy team. <laughs> it was like a combination <laughs> of a bunch of really good players peaking at the right time and a couple, you know, great trades. Um, they when they got there in fourteen, I was happy, like just to say, hey, the Royals got back to the World Series finally. Mm -hmm. Then they go and win it the next year. Um, then they kind of tapered off and tried to contend for the next two years and were about five hundred both times. So I. I think this time they're trying to build a sustainable five to seven year contender rather than a two year contender, which I, I appreciate because like the playoffs in any sport, the NBA showed it this year and the Chiefs showed it in the Super Bowl this past season. You never know what's going to happen. Like right. injuries can happen. Your stars can go down. You just have to get in and go from there. And like there's a difference between you know, like an eight seed getting into the playoffs in the NBA that really has no shot either way. But if you think that you're a good to great team and you realistically have like a bigger than 1% chance to to win it all, um, you just get in. Like, don't, don't give up halfway through the season. Don't say this isn't working out. Um, it's easy for, for me to say, you know, as a, an armchair general manager <laughs> or right, whatever, right. but... Um, it, I, I think going all in and really 
you know, every year putting yourself in the best position to win is, is what I would do if I was there. But again, that's easy for me to say. <laughs> it is, but that's why people tune in and your credibility is what helps for sure. So when you do speak, people will listen. Now, they might not agree, but they will listen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs, but I want to talk about, like we was talking about, the uh, scout for the uh, high school sports out there in Kansas City. Do you see yourself or have you given some tips or pointers, especially when you have watched professional athletes? Do you say, hey, young man, or, you know, when you maybe go to a head coach or anything like that, maybe give them some pointers or tips to help them tweak some things so when they do you know reach that level of collegiate and or NFL they kind of say oh man man Jordan I remember Jordan you know gave me that insight or some tips to help me out or improve my yeah, game yeah man I think go ahead go ahead oh I said improve my game yeah um I think that really the the biggest thing um it's it's really just being able to um Form relationships. Like, I think that's first and foremost the most mm. important part in, in really anything. Um, being able to approach people and, you know, have conversations with them and, and go in wanting to learn something. Because, you know, you have people that um, have these, uh, you know, credibility or the status or the job title or, or whatever it may be. And they think, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional, um, stuff like that. Like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm super far from being a professional. I'm just trying to, you know, gain some exposure, gain some stuff to learn. So um, being able to reach out to coaches and talk to them and say, you know, what's the what's the deal with your team? What are the players like forming relationships with the players? And, you know, those those guys only have four years to to build their case for the rest of their life. Basically, right. some of them like three years, like some of them one year. I mean, they, they yeah. don't all start four years and stuff like that. So um, helping them as as much as I can and, you know, being able to get them exposure um, is, is the least I can do. And you you never want to have like an unfair critique of a player or like if I if I see a player that I don't really like their skill set or I don't know if they're projectable, you know, I, I will oftentimes just not publish anything on them. And I think that that's almost better than saying this guy lacks this or this girl right. lacks that. And I don't know if they can play. So um, just picking your spots and, and really going in with the mindset of um, you want to be fair and like you want to, to give your honest opinion. But also um, you're you're there to help the kids. And you're there to, to form some good relationships, I think. You're giving out gym. So for that one person that think you have to have uh, you know be that analyst or journalist to maybe put somebody down to make your success go up or to get more listens or readers or subscriptions you heard Jordan that's not always uh, the best case <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure man lastly I know my listeners, especially for my NFL fans, Murph, I want to hear about the Chiefs. I hope you ask Jordan some dope questions, some good questions, because I want to know what the Chiefs are doing with their offensive line. Is Pat Mahomes healthy? What they're going to do about the running back game? 
what are your thoughts for this upcoming season for the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm excited for them. I, I think they they put themselves in a position to um, be back in the Super Bowl if they can stay healthy. They man completely revamped the entire line in one offseason. Like that is one right. of the the biggest, quickest overcorrections I've ever seen, and it was a, a warranted one because the GM, you know, saw how bad that Super Bowl was. And people say, you know, Mahomes played so bad it was the worst game of his life. I'm like. It was the worst game of his life because he lost, but he had like four touchdowns dropped. He ran almost 500 yards behind the yeah. line with an injured foot. Like he he played as well as I could have expected him, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's healthy, which is good. He's 100% heading into training camp in the preseason. So um, he had some rehab, but I think that the the being on the shelf for a little bit he has the physical side of the game down <laughs> you know he's obviously well right. conditioned and has the arm has the the baseball background and stuff like that but to be able to sit and watch film for a couple months and figure out you know here's what i can do better here's what i can't do um which there's not much that man can't do i shouldn't have even said that he, he is insane yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with the new line and kind of getting adjusted to them, that's what I'm watching for. The Chiefs play the 49ers Saturday night, so they're going to get the first quarter to kind of do an install and stuff like that. So I think with Mahomes, they're going to be fine. The line, that should help the running game quite a bit. Like Clyde okay. Edwards-Alaire, the the big first-round pick from LSU, such a diverse two-way weapon at, in college. He didn't really show that much in the NFL his first year. The Chiefs didn't feature him that much, so... Really, I think the offense as a whole, which it, it's scary to think about, I think they have another level that, that they can reach, which, I mean, they're already a top five offense, sometimes top one, sometimes top three right. um, unit in the league. So offensively, man, I think they're, it's going to take a few weeks for the line to get acclimated and it doesn't start off easily with like Cleveland and Baltimore to begin mm-hmm. the year. But um, once they do, I think it's going to be a, a really good unit. Now, defensively, what are your thoughts? Man, I they lost Bashad Breeland at cornerback, which yep. he was the most steady one on the team, so that definitely gives me a little pause. And they're relying on um, – they had Legereus Sneed break out in nine games as a rookie, but then they're, he's going to be their number one quarter, so you're giving right. a nine-game sample size. Who I, He very well could be like the next big thing, shut down guy with the speed, the physical tools, the instincts. But, man, it's nine games. Like, that's, that's risky. And they have some depth, but the depth is all unproven guys. Like DeAndre Baker – Right. Former first-round pick fizzled out with the Giants. Mike Hughes, former first-round pick, fizzled out with the Vikings. Like they, then the rest is like undrafted free agents, sixth, seventh-round picks. Um, they just don't have a lot at cornerback, and I think everywhere else they're going to be relatively okay. And when you have guys like um, Tyron Matthew leading the team, it's hard to not have everyone play at least a little bit better because of his mentorship. So um, I think the Chiefs defense could be better this season, but there's also definitely a scenario where the secondary kind of uh, doesn't hold up to the test, or at least the cornerback position rather, and, and they struggle a little bit. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I think, about the defense. Now, I have that one listener, including myself. Can the Chiefs, or do the Chiefs, have enough cap to maybe bring in 
a solid, if not a top tier, uh, secondary to help out. Or um, person, I mean. I think they could they could make the the cap space like they have. Um, they could cut Frank Clark if they if they really wanted to, and with his legal situation, that would free up like twenty million. So there's that, and then mm-hmm. they have um, Orlando Brown needs an extension soon. That could clear some cap. Tyron Matthews still needs an extension. So Brett Beach, the Chiefs' GM, um, he's truly been one of the best. Like since he started, he's very aggressive. He sees needs and goes after them relentlessly. Um, the cap thing, like people saw the the Mahomes $500 million contract and said, like, holy heck, yeah. that's that's the craziest <laughs> deal of all time. But really, he's going to get paid below market value the first, like, three years of the deal. Like, he's just now catching up with the um, salary cap and with the cap jumping after 2023 or after 2022, whatever it is, the Chiefs can dip into the Mahomes contract. And you see it every offseason with, like, they say, um, so-and-so restructured their their contract and right. what it really does is they'll they'll convert the guaranteed money for for that season um, into a signing bonus and that means that the money if the owner has it on hand he can just write them a check for it so if Mahomes had let's say 17 um, million guaranteed this season which I don't know what it is it could be more it could be less but they could take eight and a half of that like half of the the guaranteed turn it into a signing bonus and poof you have an instant eight million of cap space so as long as the owner is (laughs) comfortable with forking over quite a bit of money and and the well doesn't run dry um the chiefs have an opportunity every year to dip into that contract and and kind of get a little bit of money if they need to so the the long answer to um, a very good question that you asked is, I think if they really needed to and wanted to, um, they could make that happen. Okay, cool. And I appreciate that. Now, I know I said the last question, but I was reading something. Speaking of Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs and Texas. So I'm just going to put everything into one. Mahomes is bringing in a Waterburger or Waterburger chains to Kansas City. So, I think that's dope. So, Whataburger, for those who do not know, is a great restaurant hamburger chain that's uh, in Texas, parts of Louisiana. And now with a supporter of Pat Mahomes, and they said, or he said, in this case, this is his favorite restaurant. And obviously, you know, him not being in Texas, but playing at Texas Tech. He missed some of that 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 southern taste, so he's uh, <laughs> partnered with some investors, man. I don't know if you heard that or saw it uh, out that way, but uh, within the next few years, man, it's gonna be some uh, water burgers out there in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, I, I literally have it like marked on my calendar. I think it's early 2022 that the first <laughs> one's gonna open, and he like I I was a student at Arizona State for a year, and we we used to go to Whataburger like once a week in the middle of the night. It was just the perfect spot to go, and I was like, man, I don't know, because I've been to In-N-Out, and you know, people, I don't want to irritate any listener, but I think people go to In-N-Out like more for the experience and the the aura of going to In-N-Out, like it's the Cali cool thing to do, all that stuff. Um, the, the food was fine, like don't get me wrong, but 
I went to Whataburger and I was like, man, this place isn't quite as like, I can't even describe it. Like fancy, <laughs> I guess, as an in and out, like the cliche, like, oh, it's the cool thing to do. But man, I threw down, like I can definitely throw down some Whataburger and I'm kind of, I should have got in on the investment group and then just like funneled my money back into it. Um, but a, I think that might be partially illegal, but two, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just super excited to, to, to get some Whataburger. I hope I, I'm setting aside some savings for that fun. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, this was a great episode though, Jordan. I appreciate your time uh, this morning, this Saturday weekend morning to show how disciplined we are. But I really do thank you, man, for, um, for just continuing to support me and following up with me, um, you know, over this past year, now that I'm back, road to 500, it's a beautiful feeling, man, to have you on. And you know me, I'll continue to watch Rough and the Kicker, especially now during the uh, upcoming football season. And more than you're more than welcome to come back on, whether it's mid-season, after the season, just whenever, man, to uh, continue to talk uh, football. Or even the Royals, or when Waterburger really do touch down, just don't smack it on the over the microphone. But Merv is here. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> if you can just let the world know how to find you on social media, so they can follow up with you and check out uh, your YouTube channel, man, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm at footnoted f o o t e. N-O-T-E-D on, on everything. Like, I tried to simplify. You can go to Facebook and look it up. Instagram, Twitter. Um, the the Rough and the Kicker YouTube channel is up on YouTube, obviously. Also, my pinned tweet um, and my link in my bio. So, there's just a bunch of stuff. I used to do NBA writing up until the beginning of this month. So, I'm trying to get back into that. I'm a huge, huge, huge Hoops fan. So, um, I, I try to tweet a little bit about everything, you know, pop culture and, mm -hmm. and NBA and golf and football and baseball and all that stuff. So, um, man, Derek, thanks a lot for having me on. This was a blast. Oh, man, no problem. Likewise, likewise. And I can hear that one listener like, Murphy, do NBA too? I said, I, hey, <laughs> we had a certain amount of time. And I told Jordan I would have him have him in enough time to where he can still do what he has to do so that's what type of host i am i am very respectful of people's times okay so on that note jordan you gotta come back and talk to an nba then because i can hear that listener right now that's enjoying the show so <laughs> yeah absolutely man you you know i'll be up here to talk some nba for sure there we go there we go well world thank you for tuning in the first time listeners thank you the avid listeners was up yeah we we did another great episode with a great individual doing great things in the sports world sports media you can find me on twitter and instagram at it's demurf you can find the instagram page for why not sports at why not sports underscore wherever you listen to podcasts it's a very good chance you can find why not sports there if not hit me a dm Send me a note. Let me know. That way we can make something happen. And, oh, yeah. Also, check the website, www.demurfspeaks.com. Well, be safe. Until next time, keep grinding. Keep the faith. Keep on running. Keep on running.